Good morning, day or night, wherever you're on the world. Welcome to the Surviving Drive podcast. Today, we are discussing the first half of the 2023 Formula One World Championship. What's your favorite source of American-based F1 conversation presented by me, Alex, my co-host, Tyler? Let's race into it. That's it, because it's only been one team winning the whole time. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's all the sound is. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, we're bringing you a little mid-season recap here. Yep. Uh, we're live from the great, great, great state of Ohio, or as some like to call it. Land of the free. The land of the free. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, let's go ahead and get into this. We're going to kind of, we don't really have a structure for this. We're just going to kind of talk about we got no structure. our thoughts. Um, it's tough to make a mid-season recap about the season we've had so far because it's just been so dominated fest. by one person. It's been a snooze fest in terms of the wins and stuff. The rest of the action from two the rest of the way down has been compelling for real F1 fans, I think, in, in yeah. some aspects. We've had a lot of shifting around in terms of who the second best team is and that sort of thing. Toto's but, comment of this season would be unbelievable if Max just wasn't Max, here. Yeah. I love when he said he didn't mention Perez. He goes, the second Red Bull's on pace with us. He's like, all due respect. <laughs> with all due respect, yeah. With Mark Jackson. With all due respect. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, so, yeah, it's been a pretty... Pretty boring season in terms of the winner. Um, yeah. Again, I, I say this every week during our race recast, but it wouldn't shock me if Max just continues to win the rest of the races and wins whatever. That would be 20. All right, you need to stop. You need to stop. Too, <laughs> We're done with this. We're done with this. It's possible. Um, any, I guess we'll start here. Any any surprises for you this year? Well, Outside I mean, of the obvious, which is like, I mean, even you and I, I think we both thought um, – they would do well still Red Bull, but obviously the biggest one of the biggest surprises is just how much they've dominated. I mean, it's almost but outside em- of that. What is? It's surprising. almost embarrassing if we look back at our early podcast when we're all excited about Mercedes can do this championship and, and, and then, Ferrari. Well, we had everybody. We had Ferrari yeah. like being up there more. We had um, well, you had Aston Martin. No, the McLaren looked more good. The McLaren looked good, and we had Topping this some time idea where we were like, okay, like. They got the reduction in wind tunnel time. Like they might be screwed this year. It's like, all to play. It's for. all to play for, as as Christian Horner would say. But um, it's not nothing's to play for. It's though. not to play for. Yeah, There's not nothing worth for. playing. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, what's surprising? Uh, I think you know you have the big ones, the the Aston Martins coming on the scene, the McLarens coming on the scene. I think one of the bigger ones would be the DeFries. Uh, departure yes. the, the whole debris saga yeah is shocking to me yeah i think you and we talked about this i think you and i both thought and most of the world thought he was going to do very well he had he the experience wanted every level coming up he had the experience he yeah. did great in that single race last year where he finished in the points yeah i think we all thought he's going to seriously challenge sonoda and he might boot sonoda from that seat he might do so well mm-hmm. it couldn't have been further from the truth he was terrible i mean he was legitimately an unsafe driver. It was bad there. to watch. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, constantly in the back of the grid, uh, always being outperformed by Sonoda. A really tough legacy to live. I mean, he's had a lot of success in yeah. single seater car racing. He had, you know, won the Formula E championship, which is not an easy yeah, series won to Formula win. Formula Two. He, he is a decorated driver. He has talent. He was not clicking with that car, and that no. car hasn't really clicked with anybody, uh, let's be stinks. honest. Yeah. But at the end of the day, his his legacy gets almost tarnished more by the fact that he gets sacked with not what eleven races, ten races of experience. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo gets thrown in there, 
big surprise that he's back, is it? I don't know. We've talked about it a little bit. Uh, I think going forward, there will be a lot of surprises. I'm hoping silly season's a little sillier than what it's shaping up to be, uh, but I'm not too convinced that it will be. I'm trying to think of what other surprises there were. I mean, after the first few few races, we were all excited that Max and, and Checo were going to be on pace with each other. Oh, I we thought very I thought quick for sure downhill. They were gonna be after uh, they were two two after Baku. Yeah, with I the, thought this is gonna be sick. Yeah, it sucks as one team, but like they're gonna be going back and forth all season, and yeah. like he's finally gotten there, he's finally caught up to him. Like mm-hmm. he's in with the car now. Like it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a good battle to see like who the how street they do circuits this. were the street coming alive. Are coming alive, and like I thought all the drama that was going to happen of like, well, their maxes are golden boy. Like, how are they going to do this if Checo starts winning some more races? But yeah, what an ultimate jinx by us. I mean, I mean just couldn't have been worse. He could not have, he could not have driven. Now he's the last, what is it? The last race or two, he's kind of picked it back up. But before that, as soon as we said stuff, he had, I mean, he was arguably one of the worst drivers in the grid for a stretch. He was, he wasn't finishing. He had five straight Q3 misses. There were ninth and 10th, team drivers that were qualifying him consistently consistently yeah so couldn't have been i mean more wrong about that couldn't have been more wrong about devries mm-hmm. uh, we were pretty wrong about the mercedes thing although they are second in the constructors now and i think they are going to probably hold that through the rest of the season but um yeah let's just run through i mean let's just do a real quick recap of the standings here we got red bull on top with nearly double the points of Mercedes. Oof. Yeah. Aston Martin not too far behind Mercedes, about 50 points. Ferrari within five points of Aston Martin in third. Ferrari four. McLaren five at 103, kind of in a league of their own there. Alpine 57 points with hopes and talks of they still think they can be the third fastest team. Not sure what they're talking about. Williams down in seventh with 11 points. Some really good performances from Albon. Uh, Sergeant obviously having a tough season. Haas with 11 points. Williams and Haas are tied, 7-8. Alfa Romeo with 9 points. Alfatari with 3 points. That car that we mentioned already, that stinks. What of that surprises you the most looking at it? From where we started the season. Looking at it now, even yeah. having watched so watch, the yeah. for whole first half of the season. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you would have asked me before the season, I've been like great for Aston Martin. Mm-hmm. But... I think that's not that opinion. I think they started out as the clear second. Yeah. In those first few races. I thought they're going to run away with second. Not they were even, Red Bull. even challenging they're Red Bull. They're yeah. getting, I wouldn't say dusted, but they're at their pace they're going, then the chances of them finishing at Mercedes are getting less and less now. The most recent few races have been very tough for them, yeah. and that's why it's hard to see them and, continuing to move up. Um, I, I mean, I could see Ferrari pass them now. They're five points behind them. I could Absolutely. see Aston Martin finishing fourth, which I think yeah. – if you ask them at the begin, if you ask them at the end of last year, it would have been like sick. Mm-hmm. But if you ask them at the beginning of this season, after how it started, that's just kind of a disappointment. Disappointment. And, and you got to think about the fact that Stroll and Alonso, yeah, are there's such a big gap between yeah. those two as well. So, yeah, yeah um, tough for them. Yeah, but they have the machinery to yes, do really to do well. It, so but they don't. It's just they made no. They've gone the wrong direction with their upgrades. They yep. started great and they've gone the wrong direction with their upgrades. Yeah. Um, I think for me, too, I think the McLaren thing's surprising just because mm-hmm. um, you look at the, and I'm looking at this now, you look at the first whatever races up until, this is great podcast, up until Austria, mm-hmm. they had 17 total points as a team. Since yeah. Austria, they have, whatever that math is, 86 points. Yeah. And 
four races. Mm-hmm. Um, so with yeah, 12, 30, 28, and 16 over the last four races. So, um, a big turnaround from them. I don't think they're going to be able to catch up to those top four, um, unless they go crazy and they're getting three, four finishes the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, but I think they're solidified themselves as they're going to be fifth now. I genuinely think there's a possibility that they could jump. I think Aston Martin could fall quick. I think they could. Yeah. If, if I'll say this, I, if McLaren can really be the second best car the rest of the year, I think they could get all the way up to third potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's going to be tougher. I think the, the real disappointment for me out of this whole list that was got to be Alpine. Yeah. You're talking, they came in with the hopes of being maybe the third best car. Mm-hmm. They chatted that up to being the season. Like we're going to be there. We'll be on pace with Mercedes. We'll be there. They announced they are, all these, yeah. all these partners, all these partners. Zidane. Zidane is basically behind the wheel of himself, trying to will this team to Might victory. As well. He's in the engine. Yeah. He's in the engine. Yeah. He's in there, like knocking and yeah. keeping them in check. While they're kicking driving. the wheels around. Yeah, exactly. Um, but fifty-seven points through 12, 11 round, whatever, five points around. Basically, they're going for. Yeah. Um, it's just been not good at all. They're clearly in sixth. I think they're clearly going to finish in sixth. Yeah, um, I mean they had a podium finish with with Gasly. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, I mean it's just they're picking up scraps when they can, and it's getting tougher and, and tougher. And Ocon, they had the podium in Monaco, they're, which is really random. That happened yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, it's just getting tougher and tougher for them to pick up points. And, yeah. And after, I mean, we almost need to do a whole podcast on the history of Renault through Alpine. Through this yeah. year, I mean, we think about the drama. Be a good off season one to do. Absolutely, really we think about the drama with like Ricardo yeah, it's and it's like a Ricardo. roller coaster. It's been a roller yeah. coaster for them. Cyril, I mean, they had Piastri, but they had Alonso. That was exciting. Cyril was a dog. They need to bring him back. They decided one of my least dog. favorite people. Yeah, he in was the such a dog though. And then, I mean, now it's just so tough. They just fired everybody. Though. He had that. Otmar was way Otmar yeah. was softer than a teddy bear. He was. Well, yeah. he expected to get four more seasons yeah. because yeah. he said, I have a plan for He's 100 races. Plan. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, if I don't even know. It's, it's just like you could just say that at any job. I have a plan. Make you me CEO because you know, I, I have a plan for yeah. at least a few years. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they've been very disappointing. Um, I think if you want a positive spin, these bottom teams, look, we knew these bottom four were probably going to be the bottom four. Mm-hmm. This um, order might be flipped from what we expected, what we expected it to be. I expect Alfa Romeo to be seventh. Uh, so very, I think very disappointing from there. Their car just is not good. Alfa Tauri last year, uh, what were they, yeah. fifth, sixth? I think they finished sixth, sixth yeah. but they were nearly fifth. Yeah. Great car last year, great driver pairing. I think they had a ton of potential, and they came out with a they, I mean, it's, it's the worst car on the grid by far. It's, it's the worst car yeah. on the grid. Yeah. On a consistent basis, it's the worst car on the grid. Um, Williams, I think you're spinning this as a positive because you have to. Albon has been great. Um, you'll figure. I mean, the second seat at Williams has always been sketchy to begin yeah. with. I don't know what they're gonna do. It's starting, a Mercedes junior, test. yeah, tester yeah. basically. Um, but in terms of the car, they continue to make good progress these past few years. Mm-hmm. So every year they've gotten a little bit better. Well, James Vowles came yeah, in, and James Vowles I think he's done a lot and, of good. Um, and then with Haas, I think it's neither high nor low. I think it's just as expected. I expected them to have a few fluky like they're a classic team where like Madison or Hulkenberg to like sneak into Q three randomly one weekend. Mm-hmm. Not even because of conditions, just randomly one weekend and pace. Yeah. Suddenly Hulkenberg will have top five pace in a Haas. I saw something today. Kevin Magnuson is making 
just over double, or at least it's rumored, yeah. that he's making just over double what Hulkenberg is making. Yeah. Which is wild. Hulkenberg is making very little amount compared to, like, he's comparable with some rookies yeah. or second years. And he's absolutely carrying the team right now yeah. with, with all the setup chatter that we hear about uh, him really leading the team in that yeah. regard. I think it's very interesting to see that kind of dynamic. Yeah. We'll see how they end up, you know, re-signing these drivers if I Magnuson continues to I think to they'll drive. re-sign both of them. I think they'll re-sign Magnuson lower, though. Yeah. So well, I you would have to after. Yeah. I think know. they'll basically bring them to be even with each other. I'm guessing here. Magnuson is, and this is totally made up. You might know the numbers better. I'm guessing Magnuson's around like 10. And Hulkenberg's around five or yep. eight and four or something like that. Yep, I think it's like twelve and so yeah. it's twelve yeah. and six, whatever it is. I'm guessing they'll bring them both to around eight. Yeah, or something like that. Um, that'll lower their cost in total to begin with, and it'll just bring them even. And I think it'll kind of show Max and like, hey, you're not actually worth. You need to pick it just up. Just not need to pick it up. Yeah. Um, they're a mystery though because some weekends they have this great pace. You have this week like you had last year in Brazil where Max mm-hmm. got pole. Um, then. Some weekends they are horrible, mm-hmm. and their race pace of everybody's race pace this season they've had the worst race pace of any car. Yeah, um, they've just been terrible in the race. I don't know why, but it's been really rough to see. So I, I don't know where they go. I don't know. It's where we're starting near the territory where it's like, how long does Gene Haas continue to? invest in this just dump money because well they're they're gonna be sponsored by Sauber. Sauber, yeah i get that and that should help them for a few years but at a certain point it's like i get that it's like if you look at it's it's different right like i know he has a lot of money but if like he doesn't have like what if you look at like this like lawrence stroll mm-hmm. he's got way more money obviously so it's, it doesn't matter how long he plays around with this he can do whatever he wants but yeah i think along with that like, you've seen aston martin make progress and they've had these flashes and stuff and there's like a brand around it mm-hmm. haas there's no other like there's not really a brand or, like it's it's fun to be a haas fan if you're from america because of like everyone likes Gunther and to. like yeah. it's like an american type thing but like well, you have to until yeah. 2025 potentially yes. um but I could see them, yeah, like they're pairing with with Sauber or whatever. But I could see, I, I don't know how long this lasts because, like, you're not. There's never been that like, like continued progression with them. Like, they might have a couple races where they get a little better, but like every season since they started in this, like, mm-hmm. they've always just had disasters in the races and like never made any progress, and they've always been at the bottom. And it's like, how long do you keep funding that? Yeah. In yes. I agree. Sorry, I've been very distracted. <laughs> yeah. In true podcast fashion, I did some very good... Yeah. Twitter research? Research, probably on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, to follow up with our point earlier, Magnuson is making $5 million. Hulkenberg is making $2 million. Okay. Yeah, I think they bring him to like 3 and 3 next year. I think I think it'd be tough not to have Hulkenberg outpaid. Yeah. Yeah. I think while we're on this topic, why don't we talk about some of these salaries that are interesting? Alonzo only making $5 million. That surprises me. Yeah, I'm guessing it's because he. It's one of those things where he, they he they probably saw that he wanted to leave Alpine, and they're mm-hmm. like, okay, we can get you to. We can make it happen. We can make it happen for less money. And it to be to that argument can be made too. Is like he's just old. Yeah. So like you don't know, and like I know he's still driving great now, but like that. I mean, he's at the age where like that could flip any year. Like we could go to one random year, and he just stinks all of a sudden because he's that old. And I don't think these salaries really encapsulate all that a team offers. I mean, yeah. you think about like a driver like Neymar and all the things that he gets from going to his new league. Outside like of, yeah. 
No, there is probably a lot of things. I mean, you think about, you know, the travel perks, the yes. the hotels, the whatever. Hotels, everything else being expensed. Things and, like yeah, that. That's true. There's probably a lot more that, I mean, obviously there's a lot more that goes into it. Um, home setups. Home setups, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you think Alonzo has four monitors? I, <laughs> It's getting old. I don't know. It's getting old. Do you think that's too many monitors for him? It could be. Is the cure for man, uh, man loneliness <laughs> a third monitor? A third monitor. <laughs> This is going off the rails yeah. quick. Uh, I don't know what else. What else should we talk about on this um, season recap? I think okay. So I'm I am curious. Like, I guess just well, let's just go real quick. What do we think? What do you think the finishing winner is going to be? Let's decide on this together. Let's decide on this together. Let's, okay, it's going to get real confusing if we both just start saying numbers and teams. I agree. Let me pull um, up. So let's the standings. Let's knock out number one first. Are we doing constructors or are we doing drivers? We're doing constructors. Just drivers is going to be just it would take way too long to go through all twenty drivers. Okay, constructors. Um, I could definitely see. Let's start with one and go down to the bottom. For sure, I could definitely see Red Bull Ooh, finishing first. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's possible. It might be a hot take. But I could see Red Bull finishing first, yeah. I mean, you know, let us know what you think let in the comments. Let us know what you think in the comments. It's, um, yeah, so... It's almost hard to say it's, because uh, it's so hard to believe. It's so hard to believe, yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's go on to two. Okay. Here's the first point of maybe, yeah, contention. Where do we think... Who do you think two? I think it's his one answer. I'm locked on Mercedes. Yeah, I think Mercedes is going to get it. I think they're just two... They're 50 points ahead. They're 50 points ahead. I think they're clear enough of... I think the only one that might challenge in the rest of the year is McLaren, the way it's looking now. And they're 150 ahead of them with 10 races left, which mm-hmm. means they'd have to be outscored by like 15 points every race mm-hmm. to be passed. I think Second they're going to finish too, yeah. So my thought that just popped in my head is Mercedes last year was George Russell, Mr. Consistent, Lewis yeah. Hamilton, testing, testing out options. New things, yeah. This year, they've kind of settled on something. Obviously, they've changed up their entire yeah, philosophy. Yeah, this year has been... But they are a, a Mr. Consistent team They're a consistent team, team. yeah. They're always going to be... To me, they're they're always going to be in the top five. Yeah. At least one of them. I, I can see the rest of the season, one of them being on the podium and one the other one being in the top five for the yeah. rest of the season. I will say, a little side point here, because we are talking midseason. This has been... There was a lot of chatter last year about Russell because he had more points than Lewis, even though mm-hmm. Lewis did all the setup stuff at the beginning, the whole season, really. Yep. This year, when they land on the same thing, I will say Lewis has been better. By far. By far. Yeah. <laughs> he is definitely still a better driver. And when than we George's. say by far, it's not like a by a lot. No. Like, George is still a great driver. We just driver. mean like it's clearly he's been better. It is clear. I, yes. He's clearly Agreed. been better. George is still a great driver, but he's not at that level peak that Lewis is at and I think people still say this and even our our favorite guy helmet Marco even said this um and I don't know you can throw on something why I I still personally think at this point until someone showed if you put everybody in the same car yeah I think we'd have 2021 all over again where Max and Lewis would be 40 seconds ahead of everybody else in the field even if they're all in the same car and it wouldn't it just wouldn't it, there would be a very clear difference between those two and the rest. I think they're still far ahead. I agree. The best two drivers on the grid. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, third, what do we think? Now, this is where it gets a little jumbled for me. Yeah. Now, when I'm looking at third place, I'm looking at third through fifth right now. Yeah. Which right now is Aston Martin, Ferrari, McLaren. Yeah. I think McLaren has the best car of the three in the last two, three races. Yeah. I think Ferrari will lock it up because they're 90 points ahead. 
So I think I'm going to go with Ferrari. Yes. Finishing I third. I had Ferrari third. Okay. I think Aston Martin just will not. They just need to go down. I think so too. And Ferrari will be to make it up because they've been a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing Ferrari has going for them is they have both drivers. Yes. In that situ- situation, Stroll is almost always outside the points. Ferrari also has a car that, like, it depends on the track, but they can have... They can have the best car, almost the best car in a weekend. Exactly. Randomly, if it yeah. depends on the track, yeah. And and Leclerc will use that in qualifying, and then the team will pull him back to fifth place or so. Yeah. Fourth place, do we think McLaren's going to jump Aston Martin? My initial reaction would be yes with the most recent um, results. The ex- the, let's put him fourth. Let's put McLaren fourth just for fun. McLaren Otherwise, we're a little, bo- a little boring of a... Yeah. It's going to be tough. They're 100, 100 points behind, I think. Uh, 93 points 93 behind. points behind. But if you look at, we have, what, 10 races left? That's mm-hmm. nine points a race. That is doable if McLaren, if, if Alonso's the only one scoring for Aston Martin, mm-hmm. and he's scoring, let's say, a seventh. That's six points. That means between Piastri and Lando, you just need to get, like, a fifth and a sixth. I mean, you have two drivers that... It is that possible. They yeah. finished, or, or they qualified 2-3. Two, 2-3. Three. Two, three. So you know, I think it is possible. I think that'll be one where we will get to the end of the season and it'll be that'll be the main focal point of yep. in terms of like the battle. That'll be the asked. McLaren Alpine. That'll be the McLaren Alpine last year where we'll be really keen on like what happens each race mm-hmm. between those two. I think that's gonna be the battle of the rest of the season is where I think yeah, but I think just for fun we put McLaren mm-hmm. fourth just to see if they can do it. Agreed. And um, then we settle on Aston Martin, Aston Martin in fifth. fifth. Which what a what a drop from them to be looking like the clear second best team to fifth a mid, basically a midfield car by the end of the season. It's a tough prospect. Yeah. I think so many other teams have caught up. And Everyone they're... else has done better than their development. Every mm-hmm. other team has developed at an appropriate rate. Some faster than others, but every other team has developed. Mm-hmm. The only one who hasn't made any progress at all seems to be Aston Martin. I mean, talk about Trolley. Alonzo said he was going to finish on the podium the rest of the season. Yeah, and he's he's finished on the podium, I believe, zero times. <laughs> Never again. It was in uh, it was after uh, Canada, Canada, right? Canada, I think so. Yeah, it was after Canada. Yeah, Canada. He got the podium. Then he mm-hmm. got back in the podium. He said, "Yeah, this will we'll never like we'll win the podium the rest of the season." And since Canada, he has not been mm-hmm. fourth. Has been the highest he's finished one time. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really interesting though because they have the potential to. They do have the potential to do it. They have the funding. They have a great car to start to. They have the base there. They just took it the complete wrong direction. Is it an exciting opportunity if Stroll decides he doesn't want to race anymore? Yes, I think it's very. Who who did like? I guess we could tangent on that real quick. Who does who replaces that seat? I don't know because don't know. they're going to keep Alonso still, and mm-hmm. he's been as much as Trolley as he is, as much as he annoys me. Mm-hmm. He's been very solid. He's made the most out of the car. Albon. Um, that was my thought. Was mm-hmm. Albon getting Albon in there? Then they could be. Then if they got Albon this off season, I could, I can see it now. Whatever it is, six months from now, us doing our preseason predictions, mm-hmm. and I can hear Tyler reading out loud. I got Aston Martin as the world driver champions, world, world champ. constructor champions. Probably not. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right, sixth place. Uh, I think it, it has to be it's Alpine because they're, they're just... still clear. The other exactly. They're the Alpine. The rest of the season will be fighting for tenth. They'll yeah. be fighting for one point every mm-hmm. week the rest of the season. They'll be that other team. Outside of Outside of DNS and yeah. stuff, yeah. They will be the ones fighting for 10th, for basically. All right. 7, 8, 9, 10. Let me run through the standing and the points again. Williams, 11. Haas, 11. Alpha, 9. Alpha, 3. Romeo was the first alpha. Yeah. I 
think I'm gonna I'll have to go with Williams. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to go with Williams in seven. Yep. I think Albon will have a couple more uh, weird things happen where he'll finish. Yeah. I mean, I could see like let's think of some of these tracks, right? Like Singapore feels like something because it's hard to pass there as much. Mm-hmm. Vegas. I mean, in. the slipperiest, the slipperiest track of all Vegas, time. Yeah. Vegas. Vegas. Uh, then throw something random like Japan. It might pour or something. You get like a P4 or something really random. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> the TV got P9 at yeah. Japan last year. I Chaos. They I just say, chaos. yes, if chaos happens, I could see Albon's the type of person to be in there. But For sure. I would, yeah, I'd say them seventh. Now, um, I'm looking at Haas and Alfa Romeo. And I I'm going to go Alfa Romeo eighth. I, and that's where I'm... I'm going to lean there, and I'm just strictly going to trust on Haas screwing it up down the stretch. Mm-hmm. And Haas is the one team where I'm like they could do, so I mean but, Magnuson ends up P5 but, for yeah. a random Magnus reason. Randomly too, but I like my odds of of if I if I look at all four of those drivers in those two teams, mm-hmm. I like my odds of saying I bet Valtteri Bottas is going to finish P9 in a couple races the rest of the season. A couple over more times, anybody yeah. else. But let's hope it's Joe for the point of for the sake of, yeah, of my bets. T- it could be. I mean, I sent you that tweet this week. They're tied, right? No now. one's a bigger fan than of Zoe than Tyler Miller, right? Listen, like you are the biggest Zoe you gotta fan. Ride. You got to ride. I know, and it's according to Wikipedia, Theo Porcher is in that seat next year. I mean, that's just, Wikipedia. Just <laughs> I'm just telling you what I'm saying. I'm telling nah. you, Porcher is taking Zoe's seat, and then they also have Vesti win or championship <laughs> next year with Mercedes. Um, taking Lewis's seats. seats. Like but they I wouldn't just, promote Albon. Anytime I see anything related to Joe, I automatically say it to you because I know you have that bet down. I was really and in confused. my head, there's no one that's a bigger Joe fan than you. For some there's reason, just no like, one else that's a Joe fan that, in your like, head. You're the only one that like even remotely roots for Joe. So yeah. I'm like, well, he's the biggest Joe fan I know. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. Or as uh, some of the commentators call him Zoo, and they say it wrong all the time. Yeah, there's some tough ones. And then that leaves us with 10th place. I think I'll go with the FIA. And then 11th, AlphaTauri. Uh, yeah, 10th place. I'll go with the, the FIA is I'll give themselves four points before the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. um, AlphaTauri could yeah. be... It'll be interesting to watch because I think even yeah, though they, they won't, their lineups. even though they won't have points finishes, I'm always Every I always finish, have an eye yes. on Ricardo and Sonoda. Their relative standings. Their sta- yeah, relative standings. Their drivers will never be in the points. Yeah, but their finishing positions might be more important than anybody else on the grid for the rest of the season. Yeah. Whoever ends up on that, how that finishes with Ricardo mm-hmm. is going to have a chain effect on a bunch of teams the entire grid going into the rest of the future. The entire grid because of his tie with Red Bull potentially mm-hmm. taking that seat, mm-hmm. dropping Checo out of that. Like you could argue that Danny Rick's performance the rest of the season will have major lasting impacts on all ten teams of the grid for the next five years. Yeah, in some way, shuffle just around. With the trickle down and people shuffling around and, for sure. For sure. Um, the way one thing that I'm interested in, maybe we do a podcast about this, and this is obviously far down the road. But if and when more teams are introduced, the effects of the powertrains that those teams use is going to be really interesting to look yeah. at. Because now you're going to have a Renault sister team yeah. in a sense, right? The same way that Mercedes has Williams they're not really affiliated but they are yeah you know what I mean 
I think that will have a lot of impact on driver standings. Even though like a team like Audi's coming in, they're they're gonna have to use a powertrain. Yeah. And we'll see where they go with that, because you know they're gonna want to bring in their own drivers, the German company. But there's also gonna be that downstream effect, like Alfa Romeo has with Ferrari powertrain right now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting how all that I think plays out with shakes out, shakes out. Yeah, shakes out. It's gonna be really interesting. I think we'll keep our eyes on it. Obviously, a lot of people are interested in where people end up. Yeah. Uh, I think not this year, but 2025. There'll be more shakeups. Oddly enough, I think 2025 rather than 2026 with the new regulations will be more because a lot of people's contracts open up then. I think 2025 locked in ones like exactly. Obviously, you have some this year, but like we, I mean, there's rumors that you already signed. Like we expect Lewis to resign, like mm-hmm. all these other ones, but. I think you have some big shakeups in 2025 because you have like Lando's contract ending around then. Like you have these ones where, it, I don't know, we could Carlos. see again. Yeah, Carlos ending. Like, does there's that talk that he had a pre agreement with Audi? Yeah. Um, there's been chatter of Lando going to Red Bull. Or then Checo's is up in 25. Checo's is up in 25. Like, there's a lot of shifting that could happen. That'd be a, like if Carlos leaves an open seat at Ferrari, who takes that? Mm-hmm. If Lando leaves McLaren, then who takes the McLaren seat? Assuming Piastri's still there. There's a lot of... I think there could be a ton of shifting. Yeah. Kind of like we had... I feel like we did... Did we have a ton this year or was it last year? A ton last year. A ton last with year. With the new regulations. Yeah, yeah with new regs. the new regs, there's a lot. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on it. Obviously, a fun subject to talk about. Um, as far as performance, though, I mean, Max Verstappen. Is Checo going to finish second? Uh, what's he at points-wise? 189. And read me third. Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton, 149, 148. Okay, yeah, so Lewis is definitely going to get at least third. Thanks for coming out, Fernando. Yep. But um, Checo's at what? Rita's again? One what? Checo's at 189. So he's like 40 ahead of Lewis and them? Yep. Um, I think he'll still finish second just because I think he's going to, he has to fix the call. He's in a rocket ship. Yeah. It's hard to hard to bet against it. I would go Max one, Prez two, Lewis three. If I mm-hmm. had to bet on it right now. And now here's the other question: Charles Leclerc, George Russell are five six. Carlos Sainz is seven. Yeah. Ninety nine, ninety nine, ninety two. Okay. Who's eight? Lando. Yeah, I knew the answer to that. Yeah, What's did. he at? Sixty nine. Sixty nine. You nice. knew the answer to that too. Nice. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's. I'm gonna go. So that's five six seven eight. Right. This would be five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. So who? I'm gonna go. I'll go Lewis three. I'll go Alonso four because I think he has enough of a gap there, basically. Um, Fifty points with some top scorers. Yeah, that's true. I'm still gonna go with Alonso four. Though. I think okay. he's just consistent enough that, like, with what the point? I don't know. Um, I'm gonna go. I'll go Russell five because I think you're just gonna be too consistent. That's my inclination as well. I'm gonna go. Leclerc, no, I'm gonna go sign six. Leclerc seventh mm-hmm. because I think um, I think this year in jet, like I obviously in scores not on that just because I think he had the one DNF, but like I think the I think I don't I just think signs gonna perform better at the end of the season, and I think Leclerc is gonna be just if anyone's gonna get unlucky from now. I, there's there's two sides to Leclerc because in terms of how they prioritize things. Mm-hmm. They sometimes dumb it, but they usually favor a Claire in terms of on the track how they can prioritize it. Yeah, well, they usually do it wrong. Yeah, they usually do it wrong. 
Whatever most they do, they of the do time it wrong. Most time it's a benefit of Leclerc. Yeah. But I think I could see a lot of like Mickey Mouse pit stops and things for Leclerc the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, the wild card here is Lando. Mm-hmm. So he's 30, 30 points behind roughly, 25 to 30. 20, yeah. 20 to 30. Um, I will say if, and I don't know if McLaren's going to be able to be consistent enough to do this. If they actually can be consistent enough and be the second best car, mm-hmm. he will finish fifth. Yeah. He will be able to make up 25 points in the last 10 races. Because you're saying three points a race. I and if he's fighting for a podium every race versus I just else don't think race, he'll be fighting for a podium. I don't think he will either. I'm saying if they actually can have the second best car. Yeah. I think he could climb past signs. I think he could challenge the 5 6 yeah. Leclerc Russell. I don't I, think he I will can catch this, Lewis, I think it'll obviously. finish full. I think between those four drivers, it'll be within 20 points at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see all of them being within 20 points of each other at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, it's been an order that's been, I don't know, kind of changing rapidly. We have Piastri climbing the standings at 34. He's next up is Ocon with 35 and then 47 for Lance Stroll. I could see that obviously going up pretty quick. Uh, I don't think he could catch signs. That's like a 60-something point gap there. Stroll? Piastri to get up to signs in seventh. Piastri sitting at 11 with 35, 34 I like, points. I right? like, I like uh, Piastri to finish uh, whatever, it would be like ninth, I guess, right now. What are you giving me? Over, under, eight, where Lando is right now. He's at eight? At, Lando's at eight. Piastri's think, at 11th. Think, uh, definitely over 11 for Piastri. Um, in terms of like above. Yes, do you think he would finish? Piastri, do you think Piastri's going to finish uh, over, uh, under, eight? So under would be finish higher then, is what you're saying. I'm sure. trying to figure out how you're wording this, or over is and he's going to finish above. Does over mean sure. above, or does over mean behind? However you want to take it. <laughs> I think Piastri will finish lower than eighth. Okay. Eighth or lower. Mm-hmm. I think Lando will finish above eighth, whether that's seventh, sixth, or fifth. Here's a question for you. I what would the what's, gap... What's Stroll right now, real quick? Ninth. 47 points. Uh, I think he's going to drop tenth. Uh, I could see him... Who's in tenth? Gasly? Ocon. Ocon? 35. Yeah, Ocon's gonna get like maybe one more point in a couple races this season. So I think Ocon eleven, Piastri nine, yep. Stroll tenth. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. Anyways, what were you saying? One question I would have is throughout the remainder of the season, if we wipe it clean, what's the difference between Norris and Piastri points? Um uh, just like how would we have to be in the season though? They have the same car all the time. They do have the same car. Yeah, they race so for what, McLaren. What are, we, what are you asking me then? What do you think the difference in points between Piastri and Norris like will be? Like the rest of the season? The rest of the oh, season. Oh, the rest of the season. I meant like to restart the season. I'm like, what? we've already seen no, the no, no, no. season. No, no, no. The rest of the, the season. The rest of the season. Uh, right now, is what is it? 69-39 or something like that? 34. 69-34. So he's basically doubled them, basically. Yep. Um, the rest of the season, so let's say there's 10 races. Mm-hmm. Um, 80 to 50. 80 to 60. 80 to 60. Fighting for a podium. What happened? No, 80 to 60. Well, I'm being realistic. I'm saying if yeah. they could fight for a podium, but realistically, yeah. how many points do I see Lando getting over 10 races? Eight a race would be Six. sixth place yeah. on average yeah. every race. You're going to have some mishaps probably in there because mm-hmm. um, they're not consistent. It enough. is McLaren. It yeah. is McLaren. And you're going to have some podiums, so I think it averages out. Let's let's say ninety then. Let's, I think that's fair. I think like the... fifth, fifth or sixth rest of the season. Like if I had to give him positions, right? If yeah. I was like, okay, 
Like, here's how, like, the top 10 is roughly going to go. You're going to have both Red Bulls at the top. Yeah. And you're going to have either it's going to be rotating to that third podium. It's going to be mostly Lewis. But yeah. if it's not Lewis, it's going to be either George, the Ferraris, Alonso, or the McLarens rotating for those. So they're fighting for that position, that third place. Sure. Um, I could see, like, Lando finishing fourth, fifth, sixth, somewhere in there, like on an average basis. On an average basis? Fifth. Okay. I'd say fifth, and then Piastri seventh. Well, I think that, fourth, fifth, sixth, you're taking away all the other people that are fighting for that podium position. Well, it's one of those. The, the other people would be fifth. He would finish one of those places. Oh, you're saying he would be fighting for that third spot. I he'd see. be fighting for, yeah. He'd be, he'd be, I'm saying he will be fighting for that third spot the rest of the season. I think, no, I think where you're at is fair. I think... Yeah. I think he'll finish every race, let's just say, a position or two higher than Piastri on average because I think he's going to qualify most of the time a position or two higher, and there's no drama between them. So unless he has a failure or a bad pit stop, they're always going to have a clean thing where they're always going to be in the same order, and Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to make a battle each other, and I just think that's how it's going to be. Piastri's race starts are unbelievable. Yes. So I think that almost alone makes up for the qualifying difference. I could see them being quite even on points the rest of the season. I don't know. I still give Lando the edge. I think he's just more. I would give him the edge. Yeah. yeah, I would give him the edge. I would say a, a slight edge, a yeah. very. Slight yeah, so edge. I said eighty to sixty. That's over the course of a race. That's like that's uh, over eighty to sixty rest of the season. That's like finishing eighty one, sixty. Yeah, I could twenty see that. points difference over ten races is two points a race. That's one position basically. Yeah, that'd yeah. be like fifth, sixth, whatever. That's what I'm saying. Is I think they'll finish. I think within one or two positions of each other, with Lando most of the time being yeah. the car that's in front of the yeah, tail. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, here's another one for you: Ocon and Gasly. So they're fighting for bare bones points. So yeah. let's throw points out the side because Ocon's probably got that because they're fighting for like one point in time. Who do you think is going to just perform better the rest of the season? I, Gasly has not clicked well with the car, no. and for that reason, I think Ocon will continue to to do well. It's it is tough because they're fighting for so few points and the car is not performing to the standard of the midfield. I think Gasly has the potential for higher peaks and lower lows, and Ocon is more of that yeah. steady kind of fill in the gaps to the rest of the 10 if there is any points yeah. to be picked up. But in the in the grand scheme of things, I would say probably Ocon the rest of the season, the way things are looking. Yeah. I, I think it'll probably be Ocon too, which is completely goes against. At the beginning of the season, I thought he was gonna get dusted by gas. So. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's not really clicked with the car, like. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, he's just not. Just hasn't clicked with the car. It's been a really weird. It's been a weird year for him. It's been a weird year for a lot of drivers. Yeah, it has been a weird year for a lot of drivers. It feels like a tough year to watch. It feels like a tough year to. <laughs> I feel like really get into. I feel like it's this weird thing too, where it's yes, the the qualifying itself. Has never been closer. Yeah. Like from 1 to 20, the gaps yeah. on average have not been closer. We've had a lot of top 10s that are separated by 6 tenths only, 7 mm-hmm. tenths, which is very close to Formula 1. Usually it's seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, though, in the race, it's been t- the complete opposite, where obviously, like in terms of first place, obviously, but even at the top, it feels like every weekend there is a there's max, there's a clear second best team. Yeah. Whether that's McLaren, over the course of the year, McLaren, Aston Martin, Ferrari, Mercedes, whoever it's been, mm-hmm. there's been a clear second best team every weekend. And then the gap between like those top couple teams and the bottom teams is massive. Like absolutely massive, it feels like, in the race. Yeah, yeah I agree. A lot of it, I think, has to do with the way that 
cars are setting up. I think in the current situation, like Red Bull, for example, is setting up their car regardless of the race weekend for the most part for racetrack. For racetrack. Which is what you should be. Your points are one on Sunday. Exactly. Except with the exception of Monaco, where you need to qualify. But there are times where, like, a a team like Haas is going to set up for qualifying because unless they qualify in the top 10, they're they're probably not going to fight their way there. So, you know, Red Bull's setting it up like that. And I think that's a good point. I think the. When you're in race trim, your race trim is, is kind of defined. It's and the same thing with uh, Mercedes. They're way better always on race pace. Exactly. Than they are exactly. qualifying. So yeah. that's, that's, a, that's, that's a good point. I haven't really thought about that where in terms of these bottom teams, if they want any chance of points, mm-hmm. they really need to start in the top 10 and then hope chaos happens in the race. Or they can just have an Albon train yeah. behind them. Yeah. Or they're, yeah, like that's the, that picture of his car always on the straight where it's like this wide across yeah. the whole road. Yeah. Um, but that's a good point. Yeah. I think that's fair where. And that maybe that's I don't know how do you fix that because like that's it almost is you fix issue. your car. you fix your car yeah <laughs> it almost is an issue in itself right because you have half the teams that know well we'll probably either no matter what we'll do a qualify in the Q three regardless because we have mm-hmm. a good car let's just set up for the race and whether if well we, not even Red Bull yeah. can say that anymore yeah. well yeah that's true but you know what I mean like it's yeah. you get to the they can get to Q three and like they're like okay whether we start P one or P three. If we set our car up and have the fast car Sunday, we'll get to first anyways. Yeah. Whereas like these teams at the bottom know no matter what they do to set their car up for the race, they won't even get close. They won't be able to get close enough to those top teams. Yeah. So they have to set up for qualifying. Yeah. And unless they get a like really high qualifying and chaos in the race, there's no, there's just a clear divide. I mean, how do you, I don't know how you fix it. Again, like the, the way they try to do it is with the cost cap, but that really hasn't, that's yeah. brought other issues up where. Kind of like I talked about a couple episodes ago, where if you have the cost cap, then these big teams now who didn't get it right can't fix it and yep. catch up. So then it really makes it more uneven. So I don't know what the answer is. It's almost like they need a rules haul every few years. I don't know if it's, yeah, it's either like a full rules haul or it's like the opposite of cost cap. Like, do you go in and basically flip it on its head and say, instead of the lower you finish, um, the, and not even tell the teams that because you can't tell the teams that because then you're going to have tanking like you're, they have in other yeah. sports. Well, you're I think saying, it has to be like this. It's like this year end, or like they randomly need to do it on you. Like this year ends and like, oh, AlphaTauri, you finishing last. We're going to give you an extra ten million dollars. It's the the wind tunnel time, yeah, kind of standard, yeah, but for the actual cost, for cap. the actual cost cap. And I think the I I think that would be like different a teams, decent yeah. way to go. Like Red Bull should be able to spend way less next year yeah. than. AlphaTauri does. At the end of the day, too, these these teams aren't going to tank because of the prize money That's involved. True. And the sponsorships are not going to tank. But when we think about American sports, there's no real prize money. No, and there's no direct spot. Like, if whether your team's tanking or not. Like, And the, the American fan base is different, too, in the fact that, like, no matter how bad you are, if you love that team, yeah. you, you're going to keep coming back. Like. I, like, I think that's I think that's every sport. Well, yeah, but I think it's more so in this where and I think it's a factor of all that where it's like in Formula One, like it would be much, it's much easier to not be attached because there's no cities or that type of thing. It's much easier, I think, to switch teams is what I'm getting at. For, like, yeah, if I went into the sport and I had no idea, if I had never looked at the standings or drive survivor or anything, and I was like, I like that team's colors, I'm gonna root for AlphaTauri. And they were terrible all my years. I could be like, well, I'm going to root for like Red Bull now instead. It's much harder in like 
team sports. I think the main reason is because the teams are so small that yeah. you usually like a team because you like a driver. A driver. Yes. Whereas in American or in other sports, sports you know, yeah. globally, you're, well, yeah, you're like the team, the team because itself. of the team. But I think the city plays a factor too. Where for sure, I'm always going to. I grew up rooting for certain rooting for certain teams because they were from the area I'm from. Yeah. And even if they're land bad, the like I'm free. Yeah, the land of the free. I'm from that area, and I'm always going to be from that area, so I always root for those teams no matter what. Yeah. Whereas, like, if a team, if you're rooting for, like, a more individual sport where there's no teams linked to it um, and things like that, like, it's much much more likely to be able to switch teams. Um, Tyler's standing up now to record. I don't know why you're standing, but... We're trying something new here. Why not, why not change something Yeah, up? so... But that, I agree. That's yeah. That's I guess I agree with your side too. Where it's like, yeah, it's you're you're much more linked to a driver in F one. Yeah. So, it's easier to be like, I don't. <laughs> I don't it's just really weird to see like Tyler standing up and I'm talking to. Oh, we're talking about all this change in Formula One. I think it might be because we keep recording the exact same way. You know. Yep. Maybe we just need some change in our routine yeah. to really mix up Max's luck. Yeah. This is all so that Tyler doesn't have to watch Max continue to win. Um, it's tough week in and week out, you know. The national yeah. anthem's getting. We haven't heard in a while. It's been like four weeks since we've heard it. Yeah, oh, don't worry. It's still keeping me up at night. Yeah, you <laughs> hear it in, your, in like your nightmares. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to talk? I'm trying to think if there's any terms of like off the track drama. Um, you have the potential. Like you still have, you have all the stuff with Red Bull and Ricardo. I think it's going to be going to be drama somewhat. Yeah. Over the course of the thing, uh, over the course of the rest of the season, mm-hmm. um, you have. I'm trying to think what else. You have the stuff with the teams potentially breaching the cost cap again, although that kind of died right away. I feel like they like, had a day or two where that was really hot in the streets, and then it. Yeah, I'm really curious about the timing because nobody really has talked about the timing of, you know, the punishments that yeah. they're going to give out or when their results are going to get. Yeah. Kind of nailed down. I think it took so long last year that it's. Just up in the it's, air. And like, it's, that, that was my argument uh, with people just continuing to cheat. Is like, okay, if we if we wanted to, let's just throw it all in. They're not going to give us a sporting penalty. They're just going to fine us. Yeah. Let's just throw a ton of money in, go way over one year, win the drivers, win the World Constructors Championship. We'll take a penalty in terms of fines and money for another year, but like at least we got that glory for one year. Well, Red Bull obviously cheated yeah got called out for it they get this you know slap on the wrist and here they are winning this season by a way much and it begs the question that and i know we know last year there was a rumor that came out at the end of the season that they had to stop spending because they were going to go over again and it's like did they go over like we talked about this what what, what is to prevent them from cheating again to be this far ahead now well my point is more so when they cheated yeah. How much of a gain did that give them then? then and, and, and they're them carrying that, they're that carrying same that car. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, do you make them like reset, like just restart, scrap all their plans, and remake a new car? Basically. Well, that's the tough part, and we've yeah. had this conversation before. You know, you can't you can't scrap the regs every yeah. year. It, but in a sport like you know, you think about soccer, football, whatever it is, things age out. You know, and I think there's these. There are the age outs, you know, there are the overhaul of rules, but it's really tough when you have these such dominant performances yeah. by these cars where you don't really see these, you know, eight year runs of, of other professional teams doing these. Yeah. 
One more thing we should talk about is the Felipe Massa case. 2008 moral and reputational losses yeah. could be in the tens of millions of euros. I mean... How would he have reputational losses? Sorry to raise my voice there. Of tens of millions from coming in second. He got more famous coming in second there than he did for getting first. Because people talked about that last lap in Brazil. Yeah. How, I think it was Glock, I guess, car broke down. And then Lewis got passed. And there was the video of them celebrating. And then they didn't end up getting it. Uh-huh. He got more famous and well. If Felipe Massa would have just won the title. And we would have yeah. not had that. I would not have... Any amount, the near the amount of knowledge I have about Cleveland Massa that I do now. He's gotten way more famous off him losing that. And how do you, that's one of those things where, and I'll let you speak on this too, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, he, um, he lo- loses the title and he, he blames it on the Singapore thing, but like, there were other instances, I forget the exact finish to stretches, but there were other instances he had to close out the title in ra- a bunch of races leading up to the finale. Yeah, there was um, like eight, eight, eight mistakes or so. Eight that mistakes he, he had himself. And yeah. like, it wasn't even his own team, and it wasn't even the team of the person he lost to. It wasn't even McLaren who did this. It was Alonso's team. I don't even know what the team was. it Renault? Yeah, no, what was it? Whatever team Alonso was on, they had the potential like crash gate thing in Singapore that like cost um, Massa like a point or two that he would have like won the title and then but, like, you can't pick and choose instances. Like, then you could just go to every seat. Like, not every season, but like, why aren't we looking at 2021 then? Not even for the finale, but you could look at it for the other instances. Well, every if, other if instance. yeah, if Max wouldn't have driven on top of Lewis and Monza. Or brake checked him. Or brake checked him. If Lewis wouldn't have done the magic brake thing in Baku, he would have yeah. won anyways. If we would, I mean, like, you could, you could nitpick this any year that was slightly close. You had, I think, whatever, there was two years uh, where Vettel and Alonso in like the early 2010s. Ferrari and Red Bull are like decently close. Mm-hmm. Where en- enough where like people were like, well, you could go and nitpick this. Like, what if Vettel did this instead? Like, yeah. we can play the game of what ifs all day. But like, what what are we actually going to get at then? Like, what you could just play what ifs with every, any sport with anything. Yeah, I think if they open this up, they open up a lot of other cases. Uh, it is reputational. I mean, I don't even know who exactly he's suing. Like, yeah, who, who is are he going to go after? Who's he going after? Like Formula One as a whole? This, this well, this, bring, this brings up another debate that I saw online. Uh, FIA, Formula One, the teams, Liberty Media are all different entities. Yeah. FIA is the ultimate decider of the rules of, of racing and in charge of where the teams finish, penalty handouts, things yeah. of this nature. When in reality, if they want it to be the most entertaining thing, I mean, for, like, Formula One is what, at the end of the day? Just kind of a, a melting pot to bring all yeah. this, all these other things together. Yeah. They don't actually do the rulings. They just no. produce some media. They Yeah, they, it's really, it's a, it's a money maker. Like, they're trying to make money. They're trying to broadcast the sport and grow the sport. That's exactly. what Formula One is. And then Liberty Media is doing their other own other, thing yeah. to actually provide and, and yeah. stream these things. I think all of that kind of needs to be collaborated or, or Formula One, the entity needs to take more responsibility in, in the show or, yeah. or, or have more ideas, more test runs in, in other formulas or things like that to make it a more collaborative effort because it feels like so often, even race-by-race race basis, you can go after the FIA constantly for an incident yeah. here, an incident there. Oh, yeah, you could, you could nitpick here, every there. race 
every race you could nitpick for different points and different positions. Yeah. And then every driver could argue, even if they're not winning the world title, they could argue, well, this cost me this position, which cost me this many points, which cost me this seat, which cost me this many millions of dollars. If theoretically, yeah. every driver almost in every situation over the last 20 years, over ever actually, could nitpick and be like, well, the FIA and like the penalty and this and that and the other like, oh, this cost me this much money. Like we could do that. I mean, I could go after the Coda racing track for not escalating my you know go-kart time <laughs> yeah sheets. like we, we could go after it for we could go after anybody for anything you could just make up which i guess you technically can but like we could just make up any reason why we feel like we were um like like snubbed yeah snubbed in some way like, i could just go and go after i could go after instagram and be like why wasn't my post for our podcast promoted more yeah you cost me this much money and just make up some number I mean, tens of millions is insane to say. I think the that's one, insane. The one thing that we aren't, I think, fully encapsulated with is like a driver from their home country, yeah. which we don't really experience. Yeah. Also, being that not a ton of Americans. Until Sargent wins a world champ, when he wins world driver championship, we will. But you yes. have tens of potential for tens of millions of dollars in advertisement revenue there are i mean yeah Chico but i think he's gonna get that everything. either yeah i think they're but he was already on everything anyways there because he was he was brazil at that point they loved him there yeah. also let's not tiptoe around it here the guy he lost to they made a brazil citizen too that's true <laughs> like and he wasn't even from brazil so I, I think my, my counter to that is I agree with you with that. There's probably some loss of money for him not winning. But to say tens of millions is extreme. He became more popular. In Brazil, he probably would have been more popular because if he would have won. But across the globe and yeah. in total, way more people know about Felipe Massa because of the incident of him finishing second and that celebration they had and they lost it. If yeah. he would have just won, I would have been like, oh, yeah, there was that random seat. Like People would have talked more about like, that's crazy. Like Lewis finished second in his first two years in F one. It was like one point away from winning both years. Like yeah. people would have just talked about that. They wouldn't have talked about because Massa would have just had that one title and that was it. And then it would have slowly disappeared into the abyss. Like yeah. it's not. He got more famous, I think, because because it was and and this is um, like going to sound homerish in terms of like us being more Lewis guys, obviously, but like. Lewis then going on and being successful as he did, anytime there was any replays of his success, especially when he won the seventh world championship, they always showed his first and they always showed highlights of that. And in that highlight, it would always then get brought up in some way about the massive thing on Twitter, whatever it was that always got re-brought up. So yeah. like, I, I just don't get like, I don't know. It's just to me, it there's no way. It's, I think it's to me, I like, find it so egregious because the number he said, where he said tens of millions Mm-hmm. Because he didn't win that. Like, that is so extreme, I feel like. Yeah, I could see it going both ways. I think at the end of the day, there's not really much of a case there. It's no, there's not gonna do, they're not going to do it. They're going to – they the formal, if the, the best that comes out of it is he somehow settles with somebody for a couple million dollars. But is like, statute of limitations even alive? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been it's, – wow. Mandela Law, Tyler Miller, and over here. No one no – one, did you go to law school? I might as well. Yeah, I, I mean, know. no one respects the law. More than Tyler, but watched um, at least one episode of a crime Dateline. show sometime <laughs> in my life. Twenty twenty, yeah, um, but it's I don't know. It's just it's just tough because it's like it's been fifteen years. It was already won, and like it's not like that was the title race, title deciding race. Like it was 
a mid-season race, and then there were plenty of chances for him to still win the rest of the year. And he didn't. Yeah. And then it's like, what do you, I mean, what are you going to do now? You can't go back and like, everyone's, if they went back and changed the result of that, the negative impact on F1 would be so much more than them just ignoring the case. I mean, it could be negative in- impact. It could be media attention. It could be a whole new line of merch to sell. I mean, there's they look endless like possibilities. The, the person you'd be taking it from the fan base for that person is way too big. That is very true. <laughs> to be a positive impact. If he would have finished second to, I don't know, Jensen Button, like... Go ahead. Uh, if they allowed 2021 Abu Dhabi, I mean... And that's the counter-argument, too. If if 2020 Abu Dhabi is not getting changed, there's no way anything ever would get changed unless, like, Michael Massey walked on the track himself and purposely... I'm trying to think of what it would even be a situation. Like, uh, have you ever seen the movie Death Race? Yes. Yeah. It'd be like if they somehow like went Death Race from where they won and, like... Broke down one of the cars on the track without the dying part, obviously. But like they like they like purposely like someone wasn't first in the last race season. They purposely like turned their engine off so that another guy could win. Like that would be the only thing that could ever possibly top what happened at the end of that year. Yeah, and they didn't change that. So like, yeah. Well, I think that about wraps that up. Yeah, we really got on a tangent there, but we, we did hit all that. the uh, important. Let's discuss news, drama, everything. Let's quickly discuss Zanvort here. We have a lot of rain coming up. We have Max's Classic. home track. Every every race has been raining this year. We have Max's home track, an orange track, an orange atmosphere. Orange. <laughs> it is already protested. There's already protesters. Yes, yeah, true. The um, trying to get uh, well, wow, is this, our, is this our second time? Second time getting serious in the pod um, on this episode. Well, we'll see. Well, it's tough for us to get serious about anything because we are a, more of a jokey podcast, but. To get serious for a minute, yes, there are protesters again for the Just Stop Oil. Is it Just Stop Oil again? I think so. I think so. And they're blocking the entrance for the trucks again. Yep. Um, which I know the, a lot of the – some of the drivers, like Lewis in particular, supports what they're going for. But I know all of the grid is against, and I think everyone is, like, the dangerous way that they're doing it, I guess. Like, yeah. I think the fear is that they're going to, and again, people will respect what they're protesting for. I think it's the fear is like that them going a on a track race. and then, yeah, it becomes a death race again. There's no way we could have made it through this segment without dropping a joke. <laughs> um, I mean, that's just who we are, though. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's been interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the actual race. Um, I'm give sure me, they'll have it locked down. I'm talking me. about the. Just stop all people in terms of them getting on the track, but yeah, you're gonna ask me to give you like a prediction for the race or something. One thing you're most excited to see play out, it could be the just stop. Let's oil. do both. Give me, yeah, that's a, I'm most excited to finally come through and get it to now. Um, I'm gonna give you two. I'll have you do this too. So, what you're most excited and least excited about? So, all most right. excited. I am most excited to see, and this is kind of a cliche answer, but I'm most excited to see like whose car actually comes out in terms of second place. Whose mm-hmm. car actually comes out to adapt to the track well? Mm-hmm. The best. Um, Zandvoort's a very technical track, and like, it's hard to pass on other than the DRS straight. It's hard to make moves on. It's very. It's just a very different track from the rest of the calendar. Yeah. Um. And so whoever gets their car set up right, I think we'll know very early on in free practice already who that is. Mm-hmm. Will be fighting for that podium spot. 
Um, so I think it's gonna be interesting to see out of those kind of that those four teams we always talk about who's gonna get that right. Yeah. Um, the least thing I'm least excited for is the color orange. Sure. <laughs> um, I'm gonna assume you probably say something similar, but that's probably least excited for. And I think also, look, obviously you're least excited for like the like Master's gonna probably run away with it, but um, the tough part with Zanvoort is is it is tough to pass regardless. So yeah. unless we get a, if we get a good qual like we need a really good qualifying because the race is normally pretty boring. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and give my two most excited for qualifying yes. for that exact reason. I think it's very technical. It'll be a very close. Especially hopefully, if it's wet. especially if it's wet. Too. True, very true. If it's wet, the grid could be all over the place. And yeah, I things could and shake we'll out. Put very the, we'll put our predictions in, but you can go ahead and pens- if it's wet. If it's uh, one of those weird ones where it's dry to wet or wet to dry type of qualifying, uh, you can go ahead and pencil me in for Checo to not make Q3. You can go ahead and pencil that one in for me. You could pencil it in for George to go on softs when it's still Yeah, you can awake. pencil that in too. Um, you can pencil in. It's a classic Lando. You can pencil Lando to go way too far on the edge with the and get a bunch of track limits and then have to do a last-second lap. You could pencil in. Out of Q1. You could pencil in somebody to go from the wets and turn them into uh, dries slicks by running them the entire so quality session. Quality session, yeah. Um, what else could you pencil in from that? Well, I'll go ahead and pencil yeah. in my least looking forward to. Yeah. I'm least looking forward to all the stories online of of how terrible of an experience people have there. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> After last year, I mean, the oh, story. Yeah, everyone complain like people. Who, I will say, and we talked about this last year, and it like the and I'm not trying to say it's one particular the well the the heavy orange races. We'll say that. Yeah. Um, though those fans, and I'm again, I'm not saying everyone is like that, but those fans, it seems like in the Twitter space and in at the race themselves, do not treat other fans. It's a well, lot of a lot of groupthink yeah. can turn very that's bad. Good. Philosopher over here, you know, it can turn very <laughs> bad. Anyway, that's what I'm least looking forward to. Uh, on that note, uh, give me your podium expectation, max one for both of us. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Okay, let's go. We'll go podium, biggest surprise, and biggest disappointment. All right, so but just that, things. and then we're done. We're yeah, wrapped. And we're done. Yeah, All right. we're wrapped. All right, so podium will go max. Uh, Lewis Lando. Okay. Which is really bold of me to predict Lando on the podium. Normally I would never do that. And that this this could change from when I text Tyler next weekend. This is just right now. Give Knock on Woods, you're with me. Um, and then biggest surprise, I'm going to say um, Mercedes take a big step towards Red Bull. Um, I think they get something right over the summer break where not that Red Bull is not going to still die. Like Max is still going to win by a ridiculous amount of time, but I think the a biggest surprise where it's like okay this is close in quality like um and this is uh, also could be us jinxing it because we've been so wrong every time we predict anything for Mercedes but Always. um and then my biggest disappointment for this weekend is going to be this and all I'm apologizing in advance this is not anything personal all the Ferrari fans out there this feels like I don't know why I think it's just cuz we had the summer break and they've gotten out of that like routine stuff this feels like it could be just a Ferrari to say. I don't know why in my head. I just picture, I picture um, Sainz and Leclerc starting close to each other on the grid. I picture, and here's the exact scenario I have pictured right now for this. 
Leclerc's ahead of Sainz. Sainz has better pace, but they won't let Sainz through. They wait too long to do it. Sainz then has to pit, has a slow pit stop, um, falls back in the order. Then Leclerc has a mechanical issue, and Sainz comes home as the only point finisher like in P9. <laughs> All right. What do you think on that? Just real quick. <laughs> I think the opposite's going to happen. I think Ferrari has okay. a good car in lower speed corners. I think there's a lot of medium speed corners that they will be. I didn't say the car. I just say hard performance. I said the luck of the team. I'm talking about Yeah, that. no, that's fair. <laughs> uh, I think they're about due for a good performance, though. So I am going to go Max, Checo, Charles. Okay. And then biggest, what was it? Biggest surprise. Biggest surprise. Which sounds like Ferrari for you. Yeah, why not? We'll go Ferrari. Both Ferrari top six. Okay. You won't go top five for both of them. You won't. You're right. And the biggest disappointment <laughs> is going to be uh, the fact that I won't go top five. No, uh, biggest <laughs> yeah. disappointment is going to be... Tyler have to go back to work finally. Not quite. <laughs> um, oh, man. Putting on the spot here. Uh, biggest disappointment is just going to be Aston Martin, I think. They're going to realize... Yeah, that was my second choice, is Aston Martin. They're going to realize they, they screwed up again over the summer break and yeah. continue to spiral downward. Yeah, I think they're going to just realize like what the real pace of the McLaren is and how far behind they are now yeah. from, from those top four teams. But with that, I think we'll wrap it up. We'll see you in a, a wet orange Zandvoort. Yes, yeah, that'll be a, it'll be a fun time. We'll see you in Zandvoort. Goodbye. <laughs>